Hello and welcome back to the Xbox North podcast episode 34. This week we talk about Respawn Entertainment taking on more Star Wars, Microsoft and Xbox having their best physical year yet for the brand, also Blizzard stepping into a new universe and a new genre as well. All this and much more on this week's episode of the Xbox North podcast. With that said, um, thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, uh, rate and review this episode, share and hit that like button, please. Uh, I'm your host, Joshua James, and with me today, and like always, Dan, how are you doing? What's your plan? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've been playing uh, a couple different games lately. Um, been playing some uh, Minecraft with the kiddos, trying to get them orientated and teaching them how to do a few cool things. I'm trying to it's remember how to build. Like, right? It's like there's a lot of stuff that's into it now, and it's a lot more expansive than when I played it back in the day. And like, I'm trying to remember how to build the. Uh, like hidden doors and stuff using all the redstone and everything so i can be like yeah i'm gonna show them something cool so i'm like trying to do that not in front of them and trying to figure it out <laughs> it's like you can be sneaky and stuff and you can like hide your stuff or like build right, like secret bases press a button here mm-hmm. and all the stuff opens up you know mm-hmm. be super cool and then uh yeah i've been playing some uh daisy with our buddy ryan I've uh, been getting into that a little bit lately. It's a interesting little survival game. It is, yeah, definitely expect to die if you do get into it. <laughs> and don't expect to have your things when you respawn. Yeah. It was basically my first day of trying it. Like, my first few hours were just like, okay, get out here, try a few things. Like, okay, got too cold, got sick. Like, okay, don't know where to get medicine for my guy. Oh, he's dying. Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm bleeding now. Like, oh, no, just died again. It's like you find a few cool things right at the beginning there, and then, like, yeah, you're just going to you're gonna die, like, four or five times until you get the hang of stuff. And, and I even had Ryan there to guide me, so. There you go. Yeah, that game is, uh, what is it, based off uh, Arma, Arma 2 mod or something? Yeah, exactly. I think it was a uh, yeah originally just an Arma two mod, and Arma is just a very military survival game and everything. And it's like yeah, you have to eat, you have to make sure you're warm, you got to stay out of the rain, your stuff gets wet, you got to like wring it out and everything, and like heat up by a fire and everything. It's it's pretty intense. Like it's very easy to get sick and like not have medical supplies around. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was interesting. Like, there's a as soon as you get into a certain area, like get into the map a little bit. There's like gas towns where like the towns yeah. are just being like gas bombed every so often. And uh, Ryan ended up in the gas for a little bit, and he was just bleeding out and dying. I had to go run like a town and a half away just to go and get some medicine to to cure him. Jeez, it sounds stressful. Yeah, we're pretty far in too. So like we we set up like a little mini base and kind of left it behind with just a barrel of stuff. And so we're hoping we can go back eventually and there'll still be stuff there. Or if we die, we got like a little go bag sort of thing. And survival games like that. I don't know. It's hard. I I've never really could get into them, but uh, maybe uh, uh, maybe a certain company can uh, get me into it. But we'll talk about that too. Um, oh, yeah, we will. What are you being heading up to? Uh, the game, well, <laughs> I've had a, a eventful week. So 
we did mention it last week because uh, we didn't know when um, uh, Ham Solo was going to announce it. But uh, me and you, uh, <laughs> we got interviewed a couple weeks ago. Uh, so that is yep. behind them sticks. So you guys can go check it out. I'll leave it in the description uh, for that. So that was really fun. That's something we did. But I was also on Monday. Uh, I had the pleasure of joining uh, Double Barrel uh, Gaming, uh, you know, Mr. Boom, Boomstick XL. Uh, joined him on his primetime gaming show that he, he airs on Monday on his channel. Uh, which he just hit uh, 10k this week, so congratulations, bud! Yeah, uh, awesome. and thank you for letting me on. So that was a lot of fun. Just talking about it's funny. We were supposed to go through two topics, but the first topic just ended up chewing almost like two hours and forty minutes of our time. So um, uh, hopefully, I can get back on for that second topic. Uh, boom! So uh, I hold you to that, but. Uh, you know, we'll we'll probably have him on uh, in the near future. Uh, but that Absolutely. was a lot of fun. So, yeah, no, uh, it's been an eventful week with that. Tons of snow in Toronto. Just, my yep. God, we, we got dumped. We have piles like this, like taller than me outside. Oliver is getting a lot of fun. We, we took him tobogganing. It's funny. So we have this like little saucer. It's like a little foam saucer. It's got a picture of Yoda on it. Actually, it's pretty funny. And he's got two handles on the side and like a plastic bottom. And he like gets on it, like all his knees, and he puts his arm, he's lying on his stomach. <coughs> and I like put him under my legs and I'm standing there. And I'm like um, uh, going back and forth uh, like to get him ready to shoot him down the hill. And I'm like, yeah. one, two, three. And he just shoots like a bullet down the hill and he just loves it. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. And he kept on getting like farther and farther. So that was that was a lot of fun. Like, I remember doing that as a kid. And yep. uh, yeah, no, it was a great it was a great time taking him and having fun in the snow and, you know, playing games. Uh, I'm actually playing Nobody Saves the World. Uh, that was actually going to be the gameplay. But now you're watching me just completely suck at uh mortal Kombat. <laughs> so, uh, so forgive good. me if too. there's one genre that is just i am complete garbage at it is fighting games like i don't know why it's just yeah. uh, just a, a part of me just cannot uh um just like get into it i'm more just like button mashing it i found so. like the <laughs> The one time, like, I tried hard to get into, like, Mortal Kombat, like, way back in the day, was, like, okay, you learn, like, a few moves for, like, one character, and, like, you kind of get the idea of how the moves will work, but you really need to, like, spend a decent amount of time if you really want to have oh, yeah. good, like, combo chains and everything. Otherwise, you just button mash as, as hard as you can, and that's yeah, all like I do. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to kill this guy because I just want to get to the back to the movie because essentially the game is just a movie you're watching. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, besides that, yeah, I've been yeah playing Nobody Saves the World. That's been quite a bit of fun, actually. I've been really enjoying that. Uh, got, uh, I think the last outfit are because uh, you want it, it's like a top town isometric game, kind of like Diablo, and you get different um characters so you can be like an archer a knight and you transform and you could 
do that on the fly too. And you get even ridiculous things like you're a rat or a horse and stuff, but every character and certain abilities have like different damage types. So like sharp or dark or spirit. Uh, there's one more other type. Okay. Sorry about that throat. Uh, and you'll eventually get to the point where you'll see bad guys on the map where it'll be like, you have to use a dark move to take down or you can't do any damage to them. So you'll have to be like floating between these like different uh, characters you unlock and you can uh, level them individually and customize their abilities. So that's been pretty interesting so far. Um, I tried rainbow six and extraction and it was I don't know, okay. Man. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't. Past, I didn't get past the tutorial stuff. Like I tried most of the tutorial levels and I was like, I'll make some time to, to play with some guys this week or yeah. something. But it was very, yeah, like slow paced. And yeah. it, it was just kind of weird. Like it was surprisingly like I, I expected <laughs> more out of it. I expected at least like, like rainbow six, quality game i don't know it, it just doesn't feel like it feels like it was thrown together like like the creators like tom clancy's team just like saw left for blood or uh, back for blood and was just like we could probably do something like that and just like whipped it together oh you're you're muted oh sorry uh one thing that drives me crazy is i i wanted to get into like get into playing one character and really learning that character. But after you fail a mission, you can't use that character. He like goes into like the medic. I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, we're, we're doing this roguelite, uh, kind of crap on a multiplayer game. I'm like, that's not cool. Like, I understand you want people to, I guess, learn other characters at that point, but like, I want to, I want to learn, it, it doesn't allow you to kind of really focus onto one character and uh, harness that where you're kind of jumping everywhere after that. So I don't know, maybe me, uh, maybe you and I can, can get into it with a friend and just really take our time and, and maybe yeah. watch a uh, 10 things I wish I knew before, <laughs> before jumping back in, but some people really like it, you know? So I've, I've heard, I've heard a lot of mixed, Mix things for the game for yeah. sure. I also was playing um, Hitman, and God, man, like, do I have just no patience for games anymore? Like, is it just my old age? I know this game's a great game. I can see the great game in front of me. I'm looking. I'm like, this game is great. But then I fuck up, and it makes you want to reset the whole level. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this game needs a rewind or like a rewind button, just like in Forza horizon. Yeah. Um, that would be just fantastic if this game had a rewind button. So I could just like go back just like a couple seconds or even like even further, like maybe even like a full minute. So I yep. could just start that again instead of just reloading. And even though I can like reload like little sections, like back a little bit, it just, you just don't want to, you know, you yeah. just, 
But if it's there was hard. that rewind, I would be experimenting so much. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go this. I'm going to see what happens. Okay, that didn't work and just rewind back. But I don't know like if I've, I can play it. Yeah, like I've said before, is like I have so much trouble with my patience with that game because like it's an awesome game. And I do love like the stealth and the gameplay and everything, the cutscenes, like the storyline behind it. Like, love all of that stuff. But, uh, it is very hard not to want to just like, yeah, try and John Wick your way through the whole level. Like, can I do it? Can I just like take out people quietly and quickly enough that I can just still make it through the mission? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I would be just like experimenting. Yeah. So um... I, I get super carried away too. And I just, I will try and wipe the map of people. And a lot of the time you can't do that in some of the levels. Right? So, yeah. And I, you know what? A part of me just like, I like stealth games. I played a lot of um, um, Splinter Cell back in the day. I've played pretty much every single Splinter Cell I've beaten them. So, like, I like these games, but I don't know why. I just, I think a, a part of me is just like, I don't want to learn this kind of stealth where like yeah. uh splinter cell it's like y'all bad guys man we're killing you all of you you know yeah Everyone everybody dies guys. yeah <laughs> so, and, and, they can't spot you if there's no witnesses left <laughs> in this you're like you gotta wear a disguise and like walk in and there's a lot of social stealth which is cool yeah. i don't know that's another thing i'm like uh should i take the time and just like do it but like I take the time and do it, and then it just becomes like super late at night. And then I gotta go to bed, and then life hits you the next day, and yep, I'm back to playing Halo. I did see one really cool um, uh, idea for a stealth game that was a VR stealth game. Okay, where you have to. There's a guy on a roof who's the sniper, and then there's one person or multiple people who are in a room full of like other npcs and stuff yeah and i know you have to game. blend in as much as possible yeah. yeah and you have to snipe them yeah you got to figure out who's the right person and snipe that person <laughs> that's funny that's cool <laughs> that'd be interesting and you know what um i the hitman game would be so much fun in vr which it does have on pc so <laughs> Um, yep. that's a that's one thing you gotta download it and see if you can launch it through steam vr through game pass so yeah report back next week please. i can get that on <laughs> i will i'll try like those games are so much fun i've got uh paper cuts too i think it's i think it's called paper cuts but it's like a stealth game where you're just wandering around at like an office with robots and everything and you get like throwing knives or well they're letter openers and then you can uh, also get like scissors and stuff and it's basically just stuff to throw at them and you have to stealth your way through the whole level and sneak through and either take out guys or or get to the end okay yeah well uh let's get into our first topic uh of the day uh okay so well it looks like uh respawn entertainment is uh taking on a lot of different star wars titles so uh, Star Wars going forward as they have three projects in the works. Jedi Fallen Order um, 2 is the natural sequel to the upcoming, you know, 
if you did play Jedi Fallen Order. Also, they're going to be working on a first-person shooter and a strategy game as well. Um, to be honest, based off of the history of Respawn Entertainment and how they, you know, first-person shooters, essentially they're, uh, uh, they're where they started and what made them famous as a company. And Titanfall with the incredible gameplay there. Um, I'm really excited to see what a uh, first-person shooter um, respawn entertainment. Like. Yeah, 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 exactly from Star Wars. Uh, especially like if they have the like let's let's say it's another Jedi focus game where it is the Force and they do that like free running like in um, Titanfall as well. But what would you want to see out of um, respawn entertainment first-person shooter Star Wars okay. game? I think even like we've seen in the like newer Mandalorian shows and everything, like there's some action there. Like they've got jetpacks, they've got all sorts of tools and gadgets and everything. It's basically just like it'd be like playing a game full of Batman. Everybody's Batman. They all get grappling hooks and all sorts of stuff. And like, yeah, like I could see a bounty hunter focused game. Yeah, I was gonna and, say. Like, so you'd want want them to go down like the bounty hunter kind of dark world of star wars i'd like to see like the final mission or like a few missions or something where you're fighting either like a jedi or a sith or something and like final battle is something like you got to take down a jedi with like a team of bounty hunters or something or whatever it takes really or you're just that badass of a bounty hunter i'm sure I, I wouldn't doubt they do like a Mandalorian focused one. No, I could see that. I would actually personally like to see their take on. Um, did you ever play back in the? I think it was the original Xbox. I think it was the original Xbox. Um, if not early 360, but I think original Xbox. The uh, Star Wars. Um, Republic Commando? No, Republic Commando. Oh, Republic Commando. Commando. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that one. I would love to see their take on kind of like a Republic Commando co-op first-person shooter that um, it's very, like, class-based, but you have to uh, really work with each other. Like, person, like, shoots, like, the grapple hook and people, like, can climb up it or... um, Kind of think uh, Splinter Cell co-op, where it was very like I had to like pull you up, and like we had to like kind of work together as like a team. Yeah. I would love to see that kind of um, co-op gameplay, first-person shooter, um, story-driven game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or even make it about the instead of uh, you know the natural stormtrooper uh maybe about uh the rebels or something like a squad of rebels i always feel like we always get the stormtrooper uh for the 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 shooter so iconic i guess yeah it's a little overdone at this point like maybe a brother and sister team kind of thrown into a, a a conflict uh almost like a think like army of two right uh yeah but like first person shooter, I think that'd be really cool. Uh, awesome. With um, with re respawns kind of uh, f- uh, like fluid uh, gameplay and yeah, just uh, the ability to 
convey story in their gameplay. Um, they are one of the masters at doing that. Um, the Titanfall 2 campaign is, well, let's start from kind of, you know, where they started uh, from back in the day with uh, Medal of Honor series with those campaign and kind of really showing their, um, yeah. really showing their worth with the Call of Duty series, especially with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. Um, missions like, you know, No Russian and just the whole opening of the original Modern Warfare where you, where the guy just like gets blasted at the beginning. Um, just kind of, they were always really good at serious uh, stories and uh, mixing their gameplay with the story. So you always felt like you were in the eyes of that. Uh, so yeah. when you got shot or when, the nuclear bomb went off and you held the gun to shoot the guy. Um, you know, they were always the company to be like, no, if we're going to tell this story, we're going to make sure you are playing that story. You're not just watching yeah. it through a cutscene. So uh, I felt the same way through Jedi Fallen Order. There is a scene, spoiler warnings for people who haven't, or have you beaten the game? Have you gotten to the end? Uh, not just yet. Okay. I put it on the harder difficulty, and I made a mistake there. I might, I might just start over on easier and just go through. There's an encounter at the end that is just absolutely awesome, and the gameplay that comes out of that is wicked. So, I just all I have is um, high hopes for what they can provide us. Interesting thing is. They're making three Star Wars games, right? So yeah. they're making they're making Jedi Fallen Order a third person kind of um, so almost Souls like with their yeah. uh, combat system. Uh, they're making yeah. a first person shooter, and then they're making a strategy game on top of that. Yeah. So this this is a company who's just like, oh, we're gonna master every genre, right? We're gonna make yep. the best third person action games. We're gonna make the best first person. I'm curious shooters. if they're gonna make them all connected. Uh, if like other characters will show up in like the shooter or in the strategy game we're like yeah or like even just like parts of the story or something you know like have like a war that's fought on like one game and then like um the rebels advancing their position or something in a, in one of the other games and then having like the real-time strategy like planning it all or something for the real-time strategy though like what what kind of real-time strategy would you want the whole like um, Star Wars sandbox with all the vehicles and all the troop kind of types spanning uh, a huge timeline? Or would you want something a little bit more grounded, a little bit more focused, kind of like Gears Tactics or SOCOM, kind of those kind of strategy games where yeah, it's more uh, infantry-based? I think I'd want it. Oh, it's hard to say because, like, I like the civilization style, like where you're expanding across large territories and everything. And it it would be awesome to do that. And there's so many tools to do that with in Star Wars. Like, there's so many different like spaceships and weapons and guns and everything. But also, like up close too, there's all the the close up weapons that we don't get to see as much, like the Wookie, uh, but like bowcaster and everything and 
like all sorts of crazy rocket guns and ion cannons and <laughs> or even space battles. Yeah. Space battles has a lot to do with Star Wars, right? Um that's, that's like half the movie. Yeah, so uh I don't know. I think I would I think I would like uh a full on RTS strategy game. Um yeah. kind of like in the vein of Halo Wars. I really enjoy Halo Wars. I like the kind yeah. of simplicity to Halo Wars. They're and I like their rock, paper, scissors uh, aspect to it and their base building, even though it wasn't as um, like StarCraft and other RTS games where you can kind of put bases wherever you want um, in your kind of area where you're building. Uh, this was kind of like the home base and kind of build things around it. Uh, but um, I found that made you focus a lot more on just like how you wanted your troop layout to be. Um, but I would love to see almost uh, a Dota-like uh, aspect to it where there's heroes in the game. So, like, you can call in, like, Vader. Yeah. And, like, they, they like, pull down ships with force powers. and Or, like, the Emperor, and he's, like, in a chair that's floating around. Or he's floating around just, like, electrocuting people. Or... Uh, Luke Skywalker or send in Yoda yeah. or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like they could be really creative with that. But I feel like this is Respawn we're talking about, right? Just like we were saying prior, these guys are known for their storytelling within gameplay. I could totally see them going kind of down the XCOM route where they do the very cinematic, like, you know, yeah. I pick my turn, shoot them, and it does like the whole camera whipping around. And they could, yeah. where you could say with the bigger RTS, they could really focus on like big scale battles and vehicles. With the smaller, though, with you can get into smaller, but really focus on equipment on your characters and having yeah. specialized uh, people in the team and maybe even smaller vehicles. Um, as well, or something like a vehicle on the map, like a tank, yeah, speeder or something bikes, and everything. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I just I'm curious what respawn and strategy is gonna produce out of that. So a lot of exciting things. But uh, another question comes out of this: is EA well? Before we kind of get is is EA leaning too hard on them? Is this what you want? Considering the creativity of the Titanfall universe and Apex Legends, do you feel like the uh, respawn focusing pretty much all their efforts on strictly Star Wars and not original properties is um, kind of the wrong direction for them? Yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. Like, it's difficult because they're, in one aspect, yes, they're they've got these amazing, like, uh, intellectual properties that they're gonna, that they could focus on and flush out more. And like, Titanfall was a awesome game and everything. And I feel like it was just starting to get more of a fan base as it was dying. 
Well, Apex is based in the Titanfall universe, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's got a huge following now. And it caught up and, like, it's not exceeding Fortnite or anything like that. But I know a ton of people that still play it. I know a ton of people that enjoy seeing all the updates to it and everything. And then seeing what they can do focusing on an established franchise. Like, I'm curious who set it in motion first. Because if it's, like, EA just pushing them into it or LucasArts or whatever and like you know like hey we really want you to make these Star Wars games versus Respawn being like hey can we get in on that property because we've got like three awesome ideas for games that's where I think it's really going to stem like when you're trying to cram your creativity in someone else's box I find the end product isn't as good like the passion's not as much there and everything, you're not going to get your best games out of it. But if it's Respawn wanting to do it, then it's all their creativity. It's all their their want and need to make a great game, right? Well, yeah, and uh, maybe a lot of kind of ideas came out of creating, when they were creating Jedi Fallen Order, um, maybe just like a lot of ideas came out of that. Or maybe they had past ideas for a first-person or a strategy game that they could pretty much kind of skin uh, Star Wars on top of that. But I really, I really hope that it was their decision to do so. But considering who started Respawn, Vince kind of seems to be a, I don't take kind of any crap kind of person, and I don't think I think he would encourage, uh, especially Respawn to. If you don't want to do this, don't do this. So I I'd like to hope, but then again, we're talking about EA here, and we're talking about Star Wars, and that's a lot of money, and it's a cash cow, right? So I don't know. I haven't talked to any of the developers. Maybe that's something I can maybe talk to somebody there about. Uh, try my best for sure, but uh, that would definitely be uh, something I would I would be interested in, in in finding out for sure yeah. so with cool that <laughs> yeah yeah with that said is is ea leaning too hard on respawn uh because i feel like respawn is their is their baby right now and with the failure that is battlefield uh 2042 which mm-hmm. to a failure to the point where Battlefield Five has more concurrent players than that game, and they are thinking about pushing it to a free to play model. Uh, and other studios under EA like Criterion just not coming out with like anything since I think like almost like um, uh, one of the Need for Speed games. Um, is EA like leaning too hard on Respawn to essentially be their, <laughs> yeah, be their entire company almost besides their sports uh, lineup, right? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, they'll always have their sports lineup to kind of fall back on. But I, yeah. I think you're right. Like Battlefield did not do great. Like it, as awesome as it is and as awesome as I want it to be, it's, like there's too many problems with it. They're they need to they're tweak working their on fixing it, but 
Yeah. Like, I felt I like they know. tried to cram too much in at once and didn't really hold the same feel as it had before and didn't really, like, play quite as well. Like, I felt more like I was just getting demolished all the time yeah. than uh, it felt like I was actually making an impact on the battle whatsoever. Like, and, playing the portal really worked well. but Yeah, and it's funny because it was just the older maps. You're like, oh... When Battlefield is more focused, it's a better game. Um, When you're really tearing up the map and the destruction, like, didn't you find that was the biggest difference between when we played uh, 2042 and then uh, back to Bad Company? It was a smaller map, less players, but when you blew up a building, there wasn't the exact same building next to it or you would never come across that building again. That building is gone now. And, you know, you respawn and you're going back through that area. That option is not an option anymore. Where I felt in the maps were so overly big in 2042 that, who cares, right? Like where the destruction almost is meaningless at that point because you'll never go back to that building. It was difficult even to destroy things. Like when I was playing it, it was most of the buildings like, okay, you could punch a hole in a wall here or there. But even some of the bigger buildings, it was like, okay, no, these are big, massive, solid concrete walls. You're not going to even do anything to them. And it was like, okay, well, like I really wish that Battlefield had just pushed hard into the destructible environment sort of for a military shooter i felt that's what really set them apart and that's what i really enjoyed about it more than anything was just like okay i can kind of tell what wall this is i can kind of tell if my bullet's going to go through it or not and i know a guy just ducked behind that wall like i can get through it or i can toss a grenade or i can shoot a like noob tube and take out that wall and either bust in there and kill him or take out the wall and him with it hopefully and yeah, I, they kind of moved away from that. Yeah, and I feel like they are were so obsessed with let's make it a bigger, bigger, bigger battlefield. I'm like, okay, I feel like you hit a sweet spot with the 64 player. Yeah. And take your beautiful engine and really focus that down into that one street and take that destruction. Imagine like seeing Unreal 5 kind of engine quality stuff with destruction yeah. like the splinter of wood you know debris oh, yeah. like coming out like putting like physics on top of that where like a pylon yeah. like from like halo could just like wipe you out like like, I, like i'd love awesome to see stuff. it even like okay you can use your gun to like shoot a circle around and have your guy like bust through the wall at that point like, or really like the, the floor or something like that yeah yeah, shoot out the floor and drop down a floor as someone's yeah, coming yeah. in. That would be so that would be amazing. amazing. So hopefully, Vince, you know, I know we're getting off topic talking about Battlefield, but to kind of circle back around, hopefully Vince uh, Zampala, who headed up Respawn and kind of brought them to the heights that they were in the incredibly well-managed studio that they are, we're talking about a studio who brought Titanfall out and then Titanfall 2, Apex, uh, and then um, Jedi Fallen Order 
in like a span of like like four years pretty much so they're incredibly talented and um uh, and they use the engine they want. If they don't want to use uh, Frostbite, they just like, we're going to use Unreal. Um, yeah. So uh, to kind of circle back around, I do think EA is leaning too much on them, but I feel like they kind of have to, considering the state of a lot of their bigger studios, like BioWare, like... Um, just like a, a bunch of their studios under their belt. So uh, like dice as well. And even criterion, uh, I have no idea what that studio is doing. Uh, the, uh, the, the people who made like burnout and stuff. Dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I love burnout. Exactly. They haven't like made a game in like forever. They showed like this concept thing, like so long ago, but their whole car division is now being taken over by Codemasters and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting. So I feel like the, the their company's kind of in a, a rebuilding kind of stage. So we'll we'll see what happens. But um, yep. I'm glad to see at least Star Wars um, being done, uh, being uh, produced by company. the yeah the good studio under EA. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, that's that's relieving. So fingers crossed, everything and and that's what we want. In the end, we want good games, right? Yep. Good Star exactly. Wars games, and, and you know what? They'll be on EA Play soon, soon enough, and that means they'll be on Game Pass, and that means they'll be in our hands as well. Maybe not yeah. on day one, but soon after that, and that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> okay, so with that, uh, let's talk about some great. Yeah, um, uh, financial quarter. So with the end of the year comes the financial uh, yearly uh, quarterly results. Uh, and it looks like Xbox is doing a tremendous growth with up to $16.28 billion from 2021, uh, proving that games are truly the future for Microsoft. Yep. So with this uh, growth, and you know, considering they just spent uh, pretty much seventy billion dollars—well, not spent yet, but going to spend seventy billion dollars on Activision Blizzard. Uh, Sixteen billion dollars is not a small amount of money. And uh, yeah. when we look at that graph that's on the screen for everyone who is watching, uh, think you know, um, uh, uh, poll chart, and uh, this year is a lot higher than the last year. So. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, basically, we got like back in 2016, they only made uh, eight billion, and then moving to 2017, they were getting closer to ten. Uh, 2018, they were way above ten, almost at twelve million. So, I think probably eleven million there, uh, or eleven, or eleven billion, uh, five hundred million. Uh, 2019 is actually worse than 2018. And uh, which is not surprising because I think a lot of people were waiting for the console launches, yeah, exactly. It's that stuff, uh, just waiting for it to come out and everything so you can get your hands on some new gear. You don't want to be buying too much hardware in a few games, but we were getting uh, horribly enough, nobody knew that we were going to be spending all of uh 2020 and 2021 in our homes playing video games, so yeah, for real. 
<laughs> so, but growth, like significant growth. Oh yeah, 2020, like we got almost 14,000 or 14 billion, and then yeah, 2021 is just jumping right up again, over 16 billion. So a pretty significant over a billion dollar growth year in year out. Also, their services, their content and services, um, is well one they had a yeah so it's about 77 percent of their uh uh, revenue off that was from their content and services so game pass right there is showing its worth um even though i even read that they had lower third-party sales but it kind of game pass kind of offset that so it shows that you know for a a slower year for third-party sales uh, that Game Pass can kind of offset that, or Game Pass is the cause of those third-party sales. Yep. So, uh, in the end, they're still making we'll their money take. back, though. Yeah, we'll give a little take, right? That's I feel sure. like we're gaining more from that because we're gaining the whole Game Pass, how it works, and everything. We're also getting X Cloud and everything too, so we're able to game on more devices. You can't really yeah. go too wrong if if they're losing. Some on third-party sales and everything and gaining on Game Pass. That just means kind of more money directly in their pockets and more funding for our entertainment. Also a more curated list of games as well. We've definitely had some uh, hits. We've definitely had some misses, that's for sure. I'll hopefully have a lot more hits going in the future, but um, we'll see, right? but it is a a pretty significant growth. Hardware sales are up, but you know they said they had uh, their best year ever in hardware sales for their their console, so that exceeds past twelve million units. So they are doing good. I expect Sony to when they show their uh, results to have really good console sales on there as well. All in all, though, this just says we have a very, very healthy industry and that people want to play games and they want to play games on Xbox. And um, considering the growth here, I can only see them spending more money on Game Pass to get day and date. There's a couple of games I feel like we're going to get announced very soon. Because, you know, every month we get close to, we have the new month of Game Pass games being announced. So let's pray. Either Elden Ring or Dying Light 2. Let's pray for that. Uh, I hope. I think in March also, Final Fantasy, that Stranger's Paradise, kind of Souls-like game. I have a, my, my gut, my gut tells me, right? My overweight gut tells me that uh, <laughs> that it's coming. Yeah, right. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like there might have been a deal with Square where, like, depending on how good Outriders did, they probably have a game that they're willing to kind of put on. I feel like Square has one big game they're kind of willing to throw Game Pass, and I feel like it's that Final Fantasy. And I feel like that Final Fantasy would be a good choice just to be like, I know it's not 16, you're not getting 16, it's not (laughs) happening, but here you go. 
don't be that man. So, but a healthy, healthy, healthy industry. And Xbox is just showing their worth uh, to Microsoft every, every year. I'm curious what the kind of politics uh, within um, Microsoft is. If uh, some people are like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's not about uh, uh, office anymore, you know. <laughs> we used yeah. to be loved over here. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the serious technical programmers and everything working yeah. on Excel. Just like these damn gamers moving in. Yeah. I could totally see that. That'd be oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> we got some serious products to to push out and everything. Like, yeah, but can you launch a pylon into someone's head at three hundred miles an hour? So like I thought we were about productivity, not not productivity. Video games <laughs> goes against our entire company. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, it's nice to see, and I feel like it's just going to be bigger next year. Considering this announcement of the Activision Blizzard, people are going to be like, uh, "Okay, uh, so I'm going to buy an Xbox because I know Call of Duty." To everyone who plays Call of Duty, everyone who plays Call of Duty, why wouldn't you play that? Oh, who are console gamers, mind you, not PC. You know, PC players have got a PC game. Uh, but anyone who's a console ga- uh, gamer who's really into Call of Duty, and you say to them, "This console owns that game," yeah, how could you? How could you not naturally just gravitate? Yeah, gravitate yeah. towards that because everywhere did, else you play it has a risk of it going away, right? I did see some news that Activision wants the next three Call of Duties to come out on PlayStation as well, but. A, a like, little I mean, more news on that, actually. We can kind of uh, one thing. It's it's not in the it's not in the show, but things I've kind of read today is, and I think it was from Jason Schreier. I roll. Um, I really just would want a positive uh, article from that guy. It's just it's it's negative, negative, yeah. negative. Just all so negative news. Po- yeah, it's just like give me some positivity, right? Uh, yeah. Why don't you write about a company who's actually doing shit right, right? Um, yeah. So what I heard is the next three installments, but it sounds like next year's and the year after that, but then the year after that will be an off year because they don't, they say the next Call of Duty, the next Call of Duty installment after that, and then the next one will be a Warzone 2. And then everything yeah. after that is kind of up in the air. So you kind of leave the PlayStation with this perpetual, you know. Yeah, I guess that that kind of that's a whole thing, too, is like, OK, the next three Call of Duty games. Is that the next Call of Duty's campaign multiplayer and Warzone or? Yeah, so I think it's two two Call of Duties that have a campaign and traditional multiplayer and then a full on Warzone sequel. And then nothing after that, besides yeah. obviously um, uh, continuing the Warzone trend and maybe taking yeah. maybe a year or two hiatus off the mainline and really, like, I could totally see them doing that and then not even coming out with another Call of Duty until maybe the next xbox comes out 
or maybe yeah. the launch of like a mid-gen refresh or or something like that yeah. and my mind you from what i saw too like this is what activision wants and what activision wants once the steel goes through might not matter <laughs> yeah like right? i'm hoping like yes their xbox is going to take as much consideration and microsoft's going to take as much consideration into what their wants and needs are as possible and i think microsoft is open and willing to work out a deal for that on the playstation as well right like i could see i'm sure they've got something up their sleeve like what i'd want to see is like oh hey yeah you poured us over some spider-man you guys have had it for a little while now yeah they like, got leverage, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's just like, okay, and we'll hand you like they want to do it. Like who are we to say no if you hand us some Spider-Man? Well, even like they could be like, why don't you put God of War on Game Pass PC? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would love or, that. Yeah. So they could I feel like having Call of Duty especially and especially if they oh man imagine taking like a two years hiatus there's still call of duty Warzone 2 going strong you know giving people exactly what they want but they take a two year two three year hiatus you know leveraging the technology microsoft has given them oh yeah and you see the trailer for that that call of duty the hype dude around that and sony sony would want like you can't tell me sony wouldn't want to be like all over that Um, i I think it could even be that like microsoft and phil spencer and activision whatever are smart enough to set this up so that no matter what sony does they're gonna have a hard time it's like either they're going to be like, no, no, we're not going to give you anything, even though you want to, you, you, you got this amazing exclusive and you gave it to us anyways. Yeah. And like, you guys are being the nice guys and everything and doing the, the right thing. And we don't want to, we don't want to give you anything or yeah. they're going to have to find some sort of peace offering that works like that. Right. It's like. Or know, their own call of duty. Yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have, um, you know, uh, relied on that as their kind of multiplayer shooter offering and maybe had their own Halo. They have a great franchise kill zone, in my opinion, but they don't really do it. So, you know, when that day comes, I bet they'll be in a real crisis. But speaking of crisis, we Mm. might be, right? You like that? Uh, We (laughs) might be having uh, another one coming. Uh, So it looks like Crytek is going back to the Crisis series with a fourth installment. uh, And they showed off a teaser trailer for it. So a teaser trailer, you know, teaser trailer is good teaser trailer. Uh, But have you ever played this series, Dan? For one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I actually originally got it when I was first able to build my first gaming PC, and of oh, course, like the everyone else. Oh yeah, exactly. It's a benchmark. It's just like okay, it's on sale. It was a it was quite a few years after it had come out originally and everything too, and I was just like okay, I finally got like a half decent graphics card or whatever. I think I was running like a, a R nine two eighty, um, 
X. I want to say X. It's an R9 280, anyways. It's a AMD card, and it was beefy. It was good for At me. The time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the time, it was great for me. I got it on sale yeah. and everything, and like it ran all the stuff I wanted it to run. But yeah, it it, it struggled. I had uh, a pretty beefy, power hungry AMD computer back in the day, and I still have pretty much all AMD on my new computer. But uh, yeah, it's just like it was. It's it's one of those games where you're just like, no, I got to play this. Just see how it runs. See if I can run it, and how high I can crank up the settings before my computer crashes. Yeah, no, that game was definitely uh, the showpiece, especially the scene where you're on the uh, the um, aircraft carrier and you're fighting that huge, like tentacle, uh, mechanized like tank yeah. thing. It, it was very cool. Um, but, so and cool that game still it. holds yeah. up graphically today. I, I I really enjoyed the sequels too, the second and third one. I really enjoyed the third one. Uh, I I love the story. It was like these cephalopods that came out of the ocean. And they had like their own kind of like mechanized suits around them. Uh, I wouldn't mind kind of going back and checking them out again. I think they remastered them and just re-released them not too long ago. So I can see why they are uh, announcing a sequel considering they just uh, put those out. But yeah, I'm excited for it. I really enjoyed the Crisis games. I thought they always had a good feel to them. Uh, some good EA shooters. Uh, oh, yeah. EA, and, and I'm surprised. I'm well. I I'm surprised EA uh, hasn't kind of gotten in touch with them and put this under their banner i don't think this is under ea mind you but uh, i i think they're still gonna strive to be that benchmark and everything too yeah and if it's think... not if it's not just main like game then it's going to be vr i think they're gonna be, be VR, VR right? next i could see that because like it's gonna be difficult to compete now with unreal engine 5 coming out and everything and using that like all the games are going to look absolutely amazing. Like it's going to be uh, within a few years, it's going to be hard to distinguish reality from video games, like from a picture already. of each, you know, Even it already is already pushing that in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, like, I'm curious if it will be the next iteration of their cry engine, because yeah. you don't see a lot of games use cry engine. Like you see pretty much the most dominated engines i see are um unreal or unity right and yeah. anything else is either in-house engine from like a another company so yeah especially now that microsoft owns all these studios they have like the most in-house engines under their belt like easily easily they have a ton of engines holy crap it's almost incredible how many engines they have under their belt uh, which will be interesting if we see them start licensing some of those out. But I would love to see, yeah, Crisis 4 come out as a, a new benchmark in graphic fidelity and really show off what uh, new uh, programming techniques, direct ML, um, ray tracing, just 
more uh, modern uh, development techniques and implementations yeah. into their engine um, and what they can do with these new hardware as well. So Crytek... If they, if they line it up right with the new Flash movie, then uh, they could have him show up and just call it Infinite Crisis. There you go, right? <laughs> they could do a tie-in, like part of their uh, multiplayer... Uh, they have like a flash jacket or something like that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, something crazy. So that'd be cool. So all in all, I'm excited for crisis Four. I am a crisis fan. Um, I loved like just being oh, yeah. in the, the, the tall grass with the bow and arrow. Yeah. Um, those games. It, it so reminded cool. me kind of a, tu- of a uh, Turok. Yeah. Remember Turok back yeah. in the day? I remind yeah. me of like, very- a, a Turok. Very much oh, Turok feels. I'm like, yeah. Just you're in like a, a space super suit or something. <laughs> All right. So. No disco mode, unfortunately. No disco mode. Right. <laughs> but uh, I remember there was, um, I think it was in the first game, there was a really cool uh, blizzard that you went through. But speaking of blizzards, no, that was a bad one, right? That was terrible. <laughs> that was uh, just a touch. Yeah, forced. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I remember there's snow and okay. <laughs> so Blizzard actually. So getting on to uh, you know not to keep us here all night, but uh, Blizzard, you know, a fantastic company has, and in my opinion, you know, the timing on this is a little, a little perfect, but Blizzard yeah. has announced that they are making a survival game based on a new universe uh, and based off, uh, you know, Blizzard's outstanding universe building with games like Overwatch, World of Warcraft, which I am actually a huge lore. Um, I kind of, I'm like really obsessed with World of Warcraft lore. I have like the Chronicles. I've read every single Warcraft book. I've kind of i I don't play the game, but I watch like the recap of the expansions and what's going on in the story. So I'm very, 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 very into uh, World of Warcraft lore. Um, so the fact that they are taking on one the survival game genre, which is a huge genre in itself, uh, which you you know you were talking about earlier yeah. playing Daisy and stuff. And, you know, getting your kids into uh, um, Minecraft, that's a survival game as well, right? Um, I feel like their unique way of uh, world building and character design um, lends very well to uh, taking maybe the survival genre to uh, a more, maybe even more accessible uh, place. Um, they're very known for their great gameplay, beautiful graphics, um, and incredible lore and world building. What would you want to see personally out of a Blizzard made uh, survival game? Considering you know what, like Dan, like you are more so the survival game player here. That's not really a genre. Um, I'm into, I'm more so, uh, you know, point me in a direction and, and I will shoot or, yeah. you know, a turn-based <laughs> RPG. But what about for yourself? 
I I can't wait. Like I'm excited because there's so many aspects of like World of Warcraft and a lot of their other games that already kind of fit the survival like sort of aspect. Like I could easily see World of Warcraft just having like okay, you have food, you have like water you need to to have more often, which they you kind of did do. that. Yeah. They, they did that for uh, in one of the expansions where they drop you on an island and you kind of have to go through. It, it was more like um, a rogue light. So they've yeah. they've kind of dabbled in that. Uh, yeah, exactly. That right. I think we've sure. already got kind of like you know been fed over the years some little tidbits of how they're gonna present this and everything. And they're great at world building. They're great at um, just character design and everything, like you were saying. And it's going to be something i'm very interested to play no matter what i i feel like it's going to feel somewhat like a survival skyrim or yeah survival world of warcraft sort of sort of game and i can't wait to see what they what they come up with because it's going to be something new something different you can't just do the same thing over and over again so i'm excited to see how blizzard's going to take it and how how they're going to roll with it i'm curious how big of a game it's going to be because a survival game can stretch from uh being a very bite-sized uh almost battle royale-ish kind of in and out kind of experience to maybe something as big as world of warcraft where the hue the world is really big and like that was one of the most interesting things about playing World of Warcraft compared to other MMOs is the world was full. You could walk from one end to the world through zones to the other end. There wasn't yeah. any loading. So it felt like an actual world. The only loading yeah. there was was when you were leaving from continents. Portals though. or something, yeah. Yeah, like when you're going like across the entire ocean to get to the other yeah. like eastern kingdoms and stuff like that. Fast traveling um, through a portal. So yeah. I'm very curious if they will take that aspect and make it like almost like a server-based game where I can log in and log out and my character kind of persists in this kind of survival world and we can get together and maybe build uh, a base together, but have that uh, like the nice, the interesting thing about blizzard games is they're one of the few companies out there kind of like um, Disney or where like there's a feel to their stuff or like uh, Pixar, you know, like when you see a Pixar movie, you know, it's a Pixar movie. Like when you see a blizzard game, it, it, it has that like blizzard kind of magic to it. And yeah. it's really sad to see where the kind of company has gone. And even uh, a lot of the origins of the company of kind of what has come out of that, but let's not, um, let's not forget about a lot of the good people and the creativity and the um, love of these characters that have come out of blizzard. And, you know, I feel like they tackle new genres fairly well. And from what I've heard, actually people who have left blizzard have said they are very excited about this survival game. So that's exciting. But 
back to this whole Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard and the fact that they announced this game a couple days later is kind of like, hey, come work for Blizzard again. We are getting purchased from Microsoft. You know, I was even, and this is something we will kind of discuss further after this on our last topic, but when Phil Spencer put out that statement in purchasing Activision Blizzard and said, once this transaction is done, they are going to be answering to me, CEO of Microsoft Gaming. I feel like that was not just that statement in itself, but almost a statement, more so a statement to developers saying like, Mm. hey, when this is done, you've only heard good things about me. I, you know, like that's all I, you know, from what I've seen, and you can look at even the numbers growth since, you know, Phil Spencer has taken over. Look at the perpetual growth in their profits uh, and bringing Xbox to another level. And, you know, people like Tim Schafer or the team from uh, Obsidian or Ninja Theory, uh, they, you know, developers talk to each other. They have talked to each other and they said, hey, you know what? It's actually true. They have given us our creative freedom, and but we are not scared of getting, you know, funding for our next game. So if this is actually the case and this is the narrative that is out there and uh, if it is accurate, I feel like that is, one, Phil saying, come work for me, and now Blizzard saying, hey, this game, which I'm sorry, it will be an Xbox exclusive. This game's 100% an Xbox exclusive, right? Oh, no doubt. Um, If they're, like, designing all of this and everything, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this this game is not coming out for another like three years, maybe. Yeah. So this will be coming out under their banner for sure. Um and it's it will be a perfect game for Game Pass, a survival multiplayer game. But uh I feel like there's a lot of hope in the future now for Blizzard uh going forward after this acquisition especially and they have good leadership under them they have funny enough a lot of ex Microsoft people like Mike Ibarra and Rob Ferguson the guy who headed up the coalition for a long time so it's almost like little like uh sleeper cells uh, I was saying and they got activated uh, <laughs> so uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what Blizzard can do with this genre and what the future of Blizzard just has in general. I'm very curious if now that they are going to be acquired by Microsoft, if they are not going to be called Activision Blizzard, if they will just be called Blizzard and this is Activision. And they are actually separate be entities. Separated again, yeah. Yeah, from each other. and when we talk about blizzard we don't have to add activision blizzard to it uh blizzard is making their own decisions again and not having to worry about what activision's doing or pulling teams off to work on call of duty i would like to see that that. because they're so different studios yeah like it like as much as like yeah they're a company that's been kind of mashed together it would be nice to see them separated and back on their own projects and everything because 
yeah, you think of a Blizzard game, you can see the artwork almost already, right? Like you think of Activision, and it's a totally different picture in your head. Yeah. I'm curious if this will um, bring back some talent they lost yeah. from this, because like honestly, like you're like, okay, I liked working on Blizzard properties, uh, and now I'm gonna work for Microsoft and get the you know that yep. Microsoft is considered to be one of the best places to work in the the world for standards. So they can bring that. I love the image uh, for it. It's the it's kind of like a, it looks like a well a hunter, and yep. uh, she's like scanning um, yep. yeah like the footprints and stuff like that. I think there was one more image. Uh, I don't know if you had that. It was that um, one up, but it looks cool too. Just like yeah, yeah, was, people um, in the the forest, they can see a castle in the distance. In the distance, yeah, yeah. And like, there's just like a arching archway from like the dark forest in the background, and they're yeah, it was a, a floating castle field. in the sky, yeah. yeah. So like, what is that going to be? And the fact that it, it there's like a uh, there's like a city. So like, how is that going to work? I'm curious if there will be like portals into other worlds. I don't know. It, it, it yeah. seems really cool. I'm going to uh, use that as the thumbnail. Inside the portal will be a picture of me and you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll be the little people <laughs> staring yeah, into yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. So we'll it looks see. Awesome, though. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. So Blizzard. Yeah, no. Um, they made good stuff. So I hope uh, they can, you know, I hope they can prosper under their uh, yeah. leadership. I think they'll push through and they've got a they're going to have a great team going forward and great management now. Hopefully uh, a lot better. I think there's been a lot of instability in the like gaming world. Mm -hmm. And it really needs to start to stabilize and I think Microsoft's going to be the ones to start doing that. Like I know under Sony too I, I haven't heard horrible things about working for Sony or anything like that. They're one of the bigger publishers and everything but i think microsoft is leading the way right now for sure yeah no i'm definitely in culture for sure uh but speaking of that um you know speaking for what we see them uh leading the way um this is kind of something i got into on primetime gaming on monday but kind of wanted to get your take on this uh so thank you boom for the um the topic um, but now that uh, we've had a week to sit on the fact that Microsoft is purchasing Activision uh, Blizzard and saw some of the inflated and over-exaggerated response by the gaming community and press uh, saying things that will, this will hurt creativity in the studios as if it was like a matter of fact. Um, yeah. And is there a double standard in the gaming press? You know, Xbox bad guy, Sony equals good guy. Um, like I was saying, this is something I did tackle on Primetime Gaming, so go check that out uh, on um, on his channel. And just wanted to kind of, you know, there was a lot of us on the show, so even though we did talk about it for quite a long time, uh, I wouldn't mind kind of getting into kind of your feelings on 
this double standard we see in the in the gaming press towards uh, Microsoft, which, in my opinion, I just I just don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't. Do you think? I don't get it either. I it, it's funny, especially like reading online and everything, and seeing people's takes on what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy, especially seeing like the the Sony oriented person versus the Microsoft oriented person and everything. And I, I always try and stay in between. I yeah. like, I, I don't feel the need to bash the crap out of any of the, either of the services or anything. Like if I've got my dislikes, like there's respectful ways to, to talk about your dislikes and everything. And there's like disrespectful ways to talk about it and everything. And yeah, one of the, the weirdest uh ones coming out there was like yeah they're they're like gonna crush the creativity and everything it's like where have you been seeing that like i saw some people talking about like flooding the the market with like microtransactions because they did it to halo and everything it's like like it's not like microsoft's just known for doing that and like when you're giving out your games for free i mean isn't that and all of the microtransactions that are in there are all cosmetic and everything like isn't that kind of the ideal situation for a microtransaction to to sit in in the first place mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i don't understand the narrative really just like yeah like sony's done their share of shitty things and like especially pushing the exclusivity like i don't remember xbox ever just being like oh no well well we've got these exclusives they're the best well and not nearly as long so like i remember like back in the 360 days like yeah we did get our exclusives and we did have like content exclusive first for like call of duty stuff but let's say where things really started changing in the ps4 era with sony you can say destiny was a great example but talk about like uh, almost ruining a community of players because Destiny is a game you don't want to have your content locked to a certain platform. Uh, yeah. And they had some exotics and strikes that were locked to that platform for an entire year. And in a game like Destiny, once that year is done, all that content is just obsolete because the next expansion's yeah. out and everyone's on to new things. So their their um, exclusivity lockdown is at a completely different level than what uh, I feel like um, Microsoft has ever done. And maybe they have more leverage over that because you know they are number one in console sales. Uh, so they have that leverage uh, for that yep. for sure. But like Final Fantasy 16, to uh, I don't even know how long the exclusivity is for that. I know Forspoken's two years, Final Fantasy 16, considering we haven't even gotten Final Fantasy 7 remake, is that just going to be perpetually never coming to uh, Xbox platform? And I really like playing Final Fantasy games, and I've gotten very used to playing Final Fantasy games on Xbox. Um, and Street Fighter V, uh, Persona, um, a ton of just like Japanese games in general. And like I said, you know, it probably comes down to the console market and they have more leverage over these developers. 
Yeah. But the I fact think Sony's that, just been leaning on that for too long. Yeah. It's it's, it's like, just, okay, we've got the exclusives. It's like, okay, but how long are you just going to be the guy who's got these few exclusive games? And it's like, at, at some point, like, you know, Microsoft's just like, you know, we can just, like, we could just have all the games. Yeah. And, like, we just don't yeah. feel the need to. Like, they were, they're, we're less like a whole lot less reluctant to withhold like crossplay and stuff like that. That held well, us you back. You still have for... to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. That's just it. Is it like it's being it's just held back so much. Like, why not just introduce the communities together? You know, you like your PlayStation better. You like the controller. You like everything else. That's totally fine. There's no reason we can't play games together. Exactly. Like there's like the control gap that there is with PC, and we still live with that every day, and it's not a problem. Like it's, it's got its problems. I'm not gonna say it's it's not a problem, but PC versus console gaming, it's like. It well, apparently the de- and it's fine. And well, apparently the developers uh, at Sony like were begging Sony's like, please just release our games on PC. Like, we want to reach like a a bigger audience. And Jim Ryan clearly wants to expand past the console. And I was even saying on like I was saying primetime gaming. What happens when that uh, uh, barrier of uh, that uh, barrier of entry is essentially gone? When the next TV we purchase will most likely have a game app, a Game Pass app, or a Stadia app, or an NVIDIA GeForce app built yeah. right into the TV, and it will come with an Xbox controller, like. What do you do at that yeah. point when, like, how in my head can I justify going to buy a $600 machine, even though, yes, great exclusive, fantastic exclusives, um, but I can just load up an app on my TV and play fantastic exclusives as well. Um and you know how much like i could have bought a super nice tv for a very small amount of money if i didn't have to buy my console there you go and also you know back to them buying activision blizzard when they yeah but i know what you mean i know what you mean when let's say call of duty comes out there day one on game pass and uh indie game is standing right next to call of duty yeah, and that person clicks on that indie game. Like, how good will you feel that your game can sit next to you and be a click away, just like Call of Duty is a click away for those? So, back to bad, uh, Xbox being bad, Sony being good, and how they are going to hurt creativity. You cannot tell me in the last five years that this company, or at least the leadership who's been running the uh, xbox brand and especially the leadership that is coming up as well like people like sarah bond and um has has not just um creating an environment of creativity uh just look at psychonauts 2 is a great example where majority of that game was developed under the eyes of microsoft and it it became it, it it is an incredible uh, 
uh, feat for storytelling, creativity, and just ended up being the game they wanted it to be based off of the creative freedom Microsoft gave them. So I feel like this whole this whole bias towards Sony is almost like, um, would you say it's almost like an Oscar bias? Like, you know, highbrow art, you know, my Oscar yeah. winning, you know, I'm going to go to the uh, Toronto <laughs> Film Festival and watch my like artsy Snooty movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> snooty, you know, I'm going to fart into a wine glass and sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i honestly feel like I, and it's funny because i had this discussion with somebody online too because their whole push was um sony like fosters these new smaller ips and everything creates these new ones instead of purchasing ips that already exist and i was like first of all that it's not quite true in the first place but but like look at what like microsoft's doing right now Yes, they're they're purchasing big IPs and everything. They're making some of them exclusive or as many as they can anyways, just to, you know, push some people over to Xbox if they can. It's business. Um, but at the same time, like, they don't need to just create their own IPs and grow themselves when they've created an entire environment on Game Pass and everything to help those indie games, just like you were talking about. Like when they're sitting next to that Call of Duty, when they're sitting next to Skyrim and everything, they get that spotlight shone on them. It mm -hmm. gives these indie developers and everything that Microsoft doesn't own a huge chance to leap forward in their gaming development and everything. Like their company's going to grow, it's going to get better, it's going to get more exposure. People are going to try the game more, they'll get more feedback, they'll make better games. And then when they're a bigger game company and everything, I feel like that's when game developers level up. That's when they get the resources and the money to spend on these bigger projects, make bigger, crazier games and everything. And, and we all just benefit from it. You get those nice, awesome, simpler, uh, like easier to develop, uh, like indie games and everything. And as they get bigger and everything and they get into these bigger companies or at least associated with them or whatever, they end up just prospering. Well, and look at look at Ninja Theory. Look at that six minute trailer we saw for Hellblade Two. I'm sorry if anyone watched that and was like, "This looks like a mainstream game right here." You know, you know the the Call of Duty player is <laughs> gonna love this game. Be like, Are you, you're crazy. Did you see this game? This game looks weird as shit. Like yeah. holy crap! The, the first game was just it was it was such a different experience playing the game. Like it's like most games, they want you to just be immersed and feel like you're the character and everything. Like this one doesn't want you to be like immersed by making all the choices yourself and everything. But they want you to experience what this woman's going through and how she's becoming more powerful from it and everything. And it's just yeah. a like from the menu straight into the game, straight into like everything, like it's just a it different experience than I expected. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. it, it pulls me in way more. And like just having the headphones on and everything, like you can hear those little whispers and everything like that, and it really yeah. changes the feel of the game. It's cool, but you can't you can't tell me from see, from seeing <laughs> that six minute trailer that 
that oh, yeah. that team is not just like unchained for their creativity. Like yeah. that was some bizarre, bizarre stuff. Oh, yeah. Like that's that game's next level up, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, games like um Avowed um uh coming from Obsidian where they can really make the RPG fantasy game they've always wanted to make. Um so I think this whole um Xbox bad guy, Sony good guy is like I said, it's inflated. Both companies have done stupid things. Uh, you know, Microsoft has even admitted to, uh, uh, and you know, that's you can say that's a one thing uh, Microsoft has done over Sony is they have talked about a lot of the mistakes they've done, where yeah. Sony kind of sweeps it under the rug and really doesn't talk about, uh, you know, Don't things that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like didn't happen, or yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, so. You know, and Sony has taken exclusives away from Xbox, and Xbox is gonna it, it will take exclusive, and this is gonna persist in the future. But in the end, um, I don't think there's any uh, uh, creative um, control, or well, yeah. there will probably be some creative control, but. I don't think that these companies are losing their creative freedom or anything like that. If anything, uh, I feel like a lot of these developers are going to get their creative freedom back because they are not going to be on the perpetual treadmill that is Call of Duty. Like how many, like six studios under Activision alone were just sent to the salt mines of Call of Duty. Like I bet there's so many concepts. I bet. You know what? I bet as soon as they announced this, uh, I bet a lot of these uh, studios had meetings and were like, let's dust off some of these concepts. I want a small team to start working on some new uh, concept things. So when Microsoft purchases them, we are going to go into the office and be like, this is the game we want to make. Look at it and go from there. Uh, I do think there, I do think infinity ward and treyarch will continue to make call of duty i don't think those two studios will be off the call of duty train sorry but i think everything else from sledgehammer to i don't know if sledgehammer sledgehammer might just continue as a support studio for maybe even multiple xbox uh, but i feel like high moon raven uh radical I feel like all those studios will finally get their time to shine in the sun again and then get their creativity back. So yeah. I think in this case, um, if this was like, let's say late 360, early Xbox one days, maybe I'd be a little nervous, no doubt. But I don't think since uh, Phil has Phil Spencer has taken over and the direction this company has been going in the last five years, especially uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're having our PS4 moment almost. You know? Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. So I don't understand it. Get off uh, Microsoft's back. Um, <laughs> you know, fuck off, guys. But like I was saying, with the growth of the financial report, the gaming industry is in a good space. Nintendo does their own weird thing. Sony wants to continue on the track they are. They want to stay traditional. That's not a bad thing. 
A lot of people dig that. And Microsoft wants to kind of take this uh, Netflix um, approach to it. But you know what? Uh, Colin Moriarty did say he thinks this might have set off uh, a mergers and acquisition kind of firestorm after this. And the only other company, and this is a company Sony has talked to, and I'd be not shocked if Sony gets purchased, but the only other company that has really responded out of this has been Netflix. Netflix is like, don't worry, we're going to make a world-class gaming service. So I'm like, yeah. okay. Like right. those, yeah. those, those are your, those are the real uh, competitors. Are the yeah. Real, yeah, competitors out there. So uh, the streaming wars are, are heating up in yeah. the gaming sector. So. Uh, we can only really benefit. I mean, if you don't have to buy a console anymore, like you know, uh, Netflix. You know, people are complaining the price kind of went up. I'm sorry, I'm never going to get rid of my Netflix subscription. They make too much stuff and too much. Like, not all of it is great, but I'm watching Ozark right now. That's a great show. Uh, Lost yeah. in Space, great show. Witcher, great show. Uh, right. But then there's some crap. But then I get some, you know, uh, some fun stuff like Blown Away, the glass blowing competition show. I'm just like, hell yeah, yeah. give me some like feel good TV right now. Right. So it's I feel like nice the dunk was a good example of yeah. of that kind of you can almost call it Game Pass shovelware, but um, yeah. still a good game in the end. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I feel like the industry is is growing we are still very uh, almost uh, still in our infancy stage or you know uh uh young toddler stage of our industry and we are still kind of figuring out what our final form is going to kind of be out of this but all these companies have done good and bad things but I can only see us, me and you, and everyone else listening, and people who are a subscriber of Game Pass, and uh, you know, a lover of the Xbox brand. That we're the only ones who are going to really benefit out of this, right? I might actually call. I might actually play the last like six Call of Duty campaigns I've missed when they yeah. all finally go on to Game Pass. You know, I was curious. Hey, uh, somebody. Yeah, somebody wrote an article. He's like, if you really like The Expanse, the TV show, you should play Infinite Warfare, like their space one. I'm yeah. like, okay, that sounds cool. So I love The Expanse. Um, but yeah, um, I think with that, we are going to wrap this up. Like always, Dan, take us home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't forget to smack that subscribe button on our YouTube page and tippity tap that like button. Uh, you can leave a comment on uh, my sexy voice or uh, Josh's beautiful face, Ooh. that majestic oh, you really beard. You know? <laughs> Xbox North Podcast. Uh, find us audio only on Spotify and Google Podcast. Just search relentlessly for Xbox North Podcast. We're also on Reddit and Instagram. Take a look for Xbox North Podcast. And for Twitter, at North Xbox. Because why the hell would we make it easy for you? Why not? All right. Well, everyone, have a good evening. Yeah. Good night. Keep watching. Bye.